Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Philly Sports Power Hour on this beautiful Wednesday in Philadelphia. I see a lot of my Power Hour crew already checking in in the chat. Love it. We got a great show today. As always on Wednesday, we'll be joined by Kayla Santiago, talk a little bit of Philadelphia 76ers, and of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. A big week. Can't get here soon enough. Sunday afternoon against the San Francisco 49ers. We can't wait for that matchup. Underdogs, I'm seeing it at a three-point spread now. Philadelphia Eagles, three-point dogs to the 49ers. But we'll talk about that. But today on the show, we'll spend a little time talking some Sixers and Flyers early. Then I want to talk about this Philadelphia Eagles team. I know a lot of people are concerned about this Philadelphia Eagles offense. But I'm a little bit more concerned about that defense. And a player's visiting the team today, Shaq Leonard. We'll talk about him. And then we'll bring on Kayla Santiago. We'll get her opinions on our Sixers and our Philadelphia Eagles. But good to see everybody. Let's get a little roll call for my Power Hour crew. I see Chwiz, Wine Niners Wine, Tampa Eagle, Jim G, Bridget Tobin, Vince Engelking, Thunderbird, Philly 007. It is good to see everybody here. I know some people are still scrolling in after Birds 365 with Jody Mack and John McMullen. Good morning to you, BSing Sports. But we'll spend a couple of minutes on my fly, guys. I know not everybody are Flyers fans, but they dropped a tough one last night to the Carolina Hurricanes. 4-1 to one at home against a pretty good Hurricanes team. But what you're seeing with this Flyers team, unfortunately, is they just don't have the firepower on offense. That's now averaging only four goals in their last four games. Excuse me, four total goals in their last four games, only averaging a goal a game. So that is a problem. They just don't have that firepower, but they're playing hard. They are playing hard. Empty net goal last night they gave up. Carter Hart gave up a tough one with about three minutes left in the third when they were only down one. Couldn't battle back after that, but Fly guys are still playing hard. They are still playing hard with the roster that they have. So if you guys are Flyers fans, not a bad team to watch. They just lack that firepower. They really have lacked a stud offensive player for years now. You look at some of these other teams, and these other hockey teams have snipers. Flyers just haven't had one in a long time. Even as good as Claude Giroux was offensively, he wasn't a sniper. But... We'll move on from our Flyers. I know everybody's not Flyers fans in the chat, but I see more people checking in. New Jersey Fishing Maniac, Carlos Drew, good morning. Jerry Armitage, what's up, brother? Seen you in the postgame. Good job. I'll be watching you from now on. I appreciate that, Jerry. I appreciate that. Jerry giving me some love. 
and Carlos Drew with little NJ. Oh, he's talking to NJ Fishing Maniac. Love it. The Power Hour crew connecting with each other. But we're going to talk a little 76ers with Kayla when she joins the show. They got a game tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans, which they should win. But when I got a new little tool here that I can show you guys in the chat, so I got to remember to hide them too. Anyway, William Stark, good morning to you. I'm doing well. But let's talk about this Philadelphia Eagles team because obviously they have a big game this weekend against the San Francisco 49ers. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. As much as I would love to see the Philadelphia Eagles win this game for a host of reasons, none more than the fact that the 49ers have not stopped whining since the NFC Championship game last year, this is not a must-win for our Philadelphia Eagles. It's just not a must-win. I think they could win this game. We'll continue to break down the matchups throughout the week. And we want to win this game. I know the players want to win this game. But losing this game doesn't hurt their chances of winning the Super Bowl at all, in my opinion. Because even if they lose this football game, they still have the driver's seat to the number one seed in the NFC. And that would mean... The San Francisco 49ers would have to come back into this building and play the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship. So we'll talk about it. It's a big game. It's exciting for a lot of reasons. But it is very far from a must-win for this Philadelphia Eagles team. But I see people already talking about it in the chat, about Shaq Leonard coming to the building today. So as you guys probably saw, Shaq Leonard visited with the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Leaves there unsigned. I had Dave Spadaro on the show yesterday. And he didn't give us much on Shaq Leonard, but I saw some people in the chat saying that he looked like he uh, had a little smirk on his face, like maybe he knew something. I don't know. I'm not sure. But, you know, you look at this Eagles linebacker crew, I don't think they can let Shaq Leonard walk. Now, I don't know what Shaq Leonard has left. We talked about this a little bit yesterday on Sports Take, me and Rob Ellis. I don't know what Shaq Leonard has left, but you need him on this team. It's now being reported that Zach Cunningham is out at least a week. At least a week. He's been your best linebacker all year. You have zero depth at the linebacker position. Zero. Nicobe Dean's on IR. Now you got Zach Cunningham is going to be out for at least a week, maybe longer. Your linebacker crew right now is Nicholas Morrow, who you cut in the preseason. Christian Ellis, who's been a special teamer, who makes plays at times, but is a liability in the passing game. An absolute liability in pass coverage. And then your backup to those two guys is undrafted rookie Ben Van Sumeren, who only started playing linebacker about two years ago. He was a fullback at Michigan. They cannot let Shaq Leonard walk out of the building. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I do think Shaq Leonard signs with the Philadelphia Eagles today. The question, though, is how much does he have left? 
He's had a couple of back surgeries in his career. We all know you're going to hear they signed former All-Pro linebacker. And he was an All-Pro three times in his career, 2018, 2020, and 2021. The problem is he's not the same player he was in 2021. And you look at pro football focus, and they do a nice job of putting grades on these guys. And you look at his first few years of his career. 2018, the pro football focus grade on Shaq Leonard was an 81.4. Not hard to see why he made an all-pro that year. 2019, 78.7. 2020, a 70. 2021, a 79. He was good. He was really good. And then you look in 2022, before he had to end his season with an injury, he dropped down to a 40 grade. He went from being close to an 80 the season before all the way down to a 40. Okay, maybe he was hurt. Gets some surgeries, tries to battle back, comes back in 2023. Only played nine games so far this season, and they have him rated at a 60 on pro football focus. So I'm not sure what this guy has left, but they absolutely need to bring in some depth. It's a low-risk move. You're not giving up anything to get him. You don't have to pay him a ton of money. But you need depth at that position. And now here's the second part of this question. One is, well, how much does he have left? Two, is he going to be ready to play on Sunday? Because who are we rolling out against a really good San Francisco 49ers offense? Who's playing linebacker? Is it going to be Christian Ellis? Because if you roll out Christian Ellis as your starting linebacker on Sunday, Eagles defense is going to have a lot of problems, man. A lot of problems. And even if Zach Cunningham was healthy, I'm concerned about this defense. And I see some people in the chat talking about Deshaun Jackson. Yes, let me mention, my producer just told me as well, the Philadelphia Eagles have announced that they are going to honor Deshaun Jackson he is going to retire as a Philadelphia Eagle this weekend. He will be the honorary captain. Pretty awesome stuff. D-Jack, obviously a fan favorite. Unfortunate the way it ended here in Philadelphia with Chip Kelly, but we digress a little bit. But I want to talk a little bit about this defense, guys, because I know everyone is concerned about Brian Johnson and the offensive play calling and the offensive game planning. I am nowhere near as concerned about this offense as I am about this defense. And it's not coaching. I think Sean Desai is a good defensive coordinator. It's about personnel. It's about execution. And let's just look at the numbers. This defense is struggling. It's being disguised because they are winning football games. But this defense is struggling. They are 19th in the NFL, giving up over 340 yards per game. Now, say what you will about Jonathan Gannon. 
You look at the numbers from last year, they were the top two defense in the league, giving up only 300 yards a game. They had the number one passing defense in the NFL last year. Number one. They only allowed teams to throw for a little under 180 yards per game. You know where they rank right now? 29th in the league, giving up 256 a game. I'm concerned. I am concerned about our defense. Are they going to be able to hold up? And then you look at, they just came off all playing maybe some of their career highs in snaps. I know Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter had career highs. But they were on the field, the defense, 95 snaps. And you got the San Francisco 49ers coming into town on 10 days rest. And you look at this defense that's already struggled against the pass, 29th in the NFL. Already struggled to create turnovers, 18th in the NFL. We talked about it. If you follow me on Instagram, at Legal Hands to the Face, I posted yesterday a video about their third down defense. They are in the bottom of the NFL. Letting teams convert over 45% of the time on third down. It's amazing that this team is winning football games and allowing offenses to convert close to 50% of their third down opportunities. You just look at what the Buffalo Bills did in that second half, 70%. The Buffalo Bills converted 70% of their third down conversions in that game. I know the Eagles keep winning. And this is a good football team. But you are not going to be able to keep this up. You cannot allow opposing offenses to convert close to 50% on third down and expect to win a lot of games in this league. And it's not just third down. It's red zone. Eagles offense, we talked about it. Their red zone offense is getting really good. They are a top five red zone offense now. And we want to talk about Brian Johnson. We want to talk about the game plan. I agree. Sometimes it leaves you scratching your head. But the red zone offense, top five in the league, number one over the last five weeks. You look at this red zone defense, and they are struggling. 29th in the NFL, allowing teams to convert 65% of the time in the red zone. You are not going to win a lot of games in this league. And it's amazing that the Eagles have, when your defense is allowing teams to convert close to 50% on third down and close to 65% in the red zone. And I like Sean Desai. I don't want this to be mistaken for me calling for Sean Desai's job because I'm not. I think we have a personnel issue. I think we've had some injury issues. I think you have guys who are not playing anywhere near to the level they've played last year. Bradbury, Slay, these guys got to play better. Kevin Byard, we got to see him at least get back to slightly that all-pro form that he was in Tennessee. But where you really have a problem now is at the linebacker position. Big problem at the linebacker position. And this is something that we were 
all screaming about all summer. How are you going into this season with the linebackers you're going into this season with? And I know a lot of people were fans of N'Kobe Dean's. And not that I wasn't a fan, but I kept saying it all summer long. You can't put all of this on the Kobe Dean shoulders. The guy has only played 34 snaps in the NFL. We have no idea not only how he's going to play, but how he's going to hold up. And now look what happens. He's on IR for the second time this season. You have zero depth. You now have Zach Cunningham, who you had to pick up in training camp. He's going to be out for maybe an extended period of time. Let's hope. That Shaq Leonard is the guy he was from a couple of years ago. Let's hope. But I don't think there's any chance Leonard leaves the building today, not with where they are in the linebacker depth position right now. They need him. They need him. But you look at this defense, and everybody wants to talk about the offense. The offense is doing just fine, guys. They are. Trust me, I've been just as frustrated as all of you when you look at some of the game planning early in these games, when it looks like Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni have just completely forgotten about the run and DeAndre Swift. But the final numbers are fine. Last year's offense was putting up 28.1 points per game. This year's offense, 28.2. That's all that matters. But this defense has taken a massive step back, massive step backwards. And we expected it. They lost both their starting safeties, both their starting linebackers. But is this defense good enough to win a championship? That's my concern with this football team, is on the defensive side of the ball. And I did a video this morning. I said to you, You know, it's amazing that they're winning games, giving up that many third down conversions, that many red zone conversions. What's even more shocking to me is the turnover differential. This Philadelphia Eagles team has a negative turnover differential this season. You should not have a 10 and one record with a negative turnover differential. They're a negative two right now. They've turned the ball over 16 times and they've only taken it away 14. Last year, they finished the season with a plus eight turnover differential. This San Francisco 49ers team, a plus 11 turnover differential. So this defense, they got to figure it out, and they got to figure it out quickly. And I see Bounder Johnson in the chat saying, I like the sound of Leonard and Cunningham at linebacker during the playoff run. Bounder, if Shaq Leonard is the guy that he was, even a shell of the guy he was in Indianapolis, I agree with you. If Cunningham can come back healthy and Shaq Leonard can be an upgrade, I think they're going to be all right. But those are big ifs, big ifs. And I'm just as upset as everybody else saying, hey, these Philadelphia Eagles are three-point dogs in their own building at 10-1 and one against the San Francisco 49ers. Well, if you don't have Zach Cunningham and we're starting Christian Ellis and we don't have Fletcher Cox and we don't have Lane Johnson, and these are question marks. I don't know if those guys are playing. We'll find out more as the, season, as the week goes on. But you could see why this team is going to be a three-point dog. 
But when we get back, guys, we're going to bring Kayla Santiago on the show. We'll talk a little bit of 76ers, but I, w- I need her opinion on some of these things we're talking about with the Philadelphia Eagles. So hit that like button. Stay tuned, guys. Kayla Santiago will be with us right after the break. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are. Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Philly Sports Power Hour. And like we are joined every Wednesday by Kayla Santiago. What's up, Kayla? Feeling good. Can't feel any better after an Eagles win. Joel Embiid puts up a triple-double a night ago. So everything's going good in Philly sports at the moment. Yeah, let's talk about the Sixers, and then I want your opinion on this Eagles team. But let's talk a little Sixers first. A dominating win over LeBron and the L.A. Lakers. How impressed were you with that win? 
I was super impressed because going into that game, there's always so much hype around it. You talk about LeBron, you talk about Joel Embiid. And then to see Joel have a triple-double, not only throughout the game, but in just three quarters, and then being able to win and him basically sitting the fourth quarter, I mean, it was absolutely awesome. I love that this team is really gelling together. And, you know, we've talked about other pieces that they might get, who they're looking at before the trade deadline. But right now, this team is just playing so well, and I think it's the perfect squad to have under head coach Nick Nurse. They're able to run up and down the floor. They're utilizing the guards for Joel Embiid like they need to be doing. Tyrese Maxey is putting on another level, and Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid. And a triple-double, his first of the season last night, is really awesome to say. Definitely a well-coached team. Definitely a well-coached team. And I'm so relieved that we don't have to deal with Doc Rivers post-game anymore. And they're a fun team to watch. But let me ask you, you talk about how this team is gelling. As they are constructed right now, and I know they're 12-5, and five, tied for the – well, they used to be tied for the second-best record. Milwaukee won last night. Now they're 13-5. and five. But they're sitting here tied for the third-best record in the Eastern Conference. As this team is constructed, do you think they can get to an NBA championship, or are they still missing a piece? They're definitely still missing a piece, and I only say that because I think the East, yet again this year, is just so much more competitive than the West. You're looking at – a five to seven game series with Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Do I think that they can win one game against those guys? Absolutely. A whole series to get to the NBA championship? Probably not. I mean, you just look around the court, you look at the Boston Celtics, they got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Christopher Zingas now. They've got a lot of other pieces that they can really have together for a five to seven game series. You look at the Milwaukee Bucks, not a lot of depth, but you got Dame Lillard and you got Giannis in a seven to five game series. That's going to be tough to beat any day of the week. Not only thinking that the Sixers can get it done in one game, but to go through a series with that. And you also got the Miami Heat as well and other teams like the Indiana Pacers that are starting to look really promising. So I, I think it's tough to say that they could get to an NBA championship with how they're constructed. Listen, I hope they prove me wrong because every other year I've said they have the team to get to the NBA Finals and they don't. They don't. They have stars that they have that should be playing at a high caliber level that don't in the playoffs. You look at Ben Simmons. You look at James Harden. Those guys are not playing at the way that they need to to get to an NBA championship. Maybe Tyrese Maxey is that guy that's going to score 25-plus in a huge playoff elimination game, and that's exactly what you need alongside Joel Embiid. Wishful thinking, maybe it'll all work out, but when you look at just the other pieces that the teams have, I definitely think that they need to get – another star caliber player to be put there to be able to compete in long series with the Bucks and the Celtics. I agree with you. And I was talking to Rob Ellis yesterday on sports take about this, but as long as they can keep winning games, like they're doing staying in the top three or four of the Eastern conference, you never know what may happen at the trade deadline. They have mm -hmm. flexibility. They have assets. They may be able to add a player right at the deadline to make a push to get to that NBA championship this year, but we will see. Another game tonight, New Orleans Pelicans. Should be a win for the Sixers tonight, right? It should be, unless they end up sitting out Joel Embiid. We saw him sit out just a few games ago with left hip soreness. I wouldn't be surprised if after a huge triple-double he sits out, but also he was able to rest the entirety of the fourth quarter, so it should be a win, but for some reason with the Sixers, they always – you know, I think undermine those teams that necessarily aren't like the Lakers or the Bucks or the Celtics. So we'll see, but it should be a W. And then Celtics again on Friday night, right? This is the third time already against the Boston Celtics early in the season. 
Yeah, I don't like it. I remember talking to people in my office, and them, they're Boston Celtics fans, and just talking about, oh, there's another game coming up on Friday. And I was like, yeah, this is just too much stress for me. Like, my mental health depends on these wins and, you know, looking at these different teams. But, you know, I think it's a good test, and that's also why I want to be surprised if Joel sits out against the Pelicans, just because they're going to want to have him ready to go against the Celtics on Friday. All right, last basketball question for you, and then I want to switch over to our Philadelphia Eagles. And the only reason I bring it up is because LeBron was in town on Monday night. You're a little bit younger than me. I'm already on record saying I'm an MJ guy. So what's Kayla Santiago's opinion, MJ or LeBron? I It's so tough because, listen, I think that everybody likes who they grew up with. Clearly, I grew up with LeBron and a little bit of Kobe Bryant as well. Um, I will say Michael Jordan, though. I just think Michael was a little bit more clutch. Now, if LeBron wins another NBA championship, I think that conversation gets flipped. But if you're talking about a game down the stretch, MJ also did it in a lot of less years, but LeBron's also been taking over the lead for almost two decades at this point. So when you look at MJ and you look down the clutch and you say, okay, who are we going to give the ball to at the end of the game, LeBron or MJ? A thousand percent Michael Jordan. He's a guy that's going to hit that shot. He's not going to pass it up. He's not going to miss that shot. I think right now, Michael Jordan, but if LeBron wins another NBA championship, I think that role gets reversed. It's so tough to tell, though, because it's another conversation. Do you think Will Chamberlain is as good or was he playing against some scrubs? Personally, I think scoring 100 points in any NBA game is fantastic. But then again, I wasn't alive to see who he was playing against and who he was playing with. So it's tough because the eras are so different, and especially the game of basketball has changed so much. Um, but, you know, long answer to your question, I'll say MJ over LeBron right now. I love it. I love it. And what MJ did for Nike was just incredible. Did you see that movie, Air? Great movie if you haven't oh, seen yeah, it. Oh, yeah, great movie. Yeah, really, really good movie. But let's turn our focus to our Philadelphia Eagles because if you didn't know, Kayla, there's a big game on Sunday. A really big game on Sunday. And it just gets announced that Deshaun Jackson has announced his retirement. He will be retiring as an Eagle, honored at the game on Sunday. How much did you love D-Jax? Uh, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but he's my favorite player to ever play in the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Um, and everybody's like, well, what about B-Dog? What about those guys? Listen, when the Eagles had their run, I was really young, and I don't remember. In 04, I was four years old. Like, I wish that I could tell you that I remember and everything, but I really don't. So Deshaun Jackson, he was really when I was growing up. I was 9, 10, 11 watching him, and just seeing what he was able to do you know, in the punt return game as a receiver, just everything that he was able to do, I absolutely loved. He was so quick. He made so many different moves. I love the era of Michael Vick, LaShawn McCoy, and Deshaun Jackson when they were all together. That was one of my favorites probably to ever watch. But, yeah, I mean, I have two of his jerseys. I have them, one in the midnight green and one in the white. Um, Deshaun Jackson is probably my favorite player. Now, when it's all said and done with this current team, that might change a little bit. But, you know, looking back, for sure, definitely um, my favorite player. So I'm excited that he's retiring as an Eagle. And I knew that he would. You know, he's always tweeting. He's always out there saying how much he loves Philadelphia. He wanted to come back and play at home. Like, this is his home. And it's really cool that he's doing that. And I think it's super special. And I loved watching him play. And I said right before you came on, and it's just so unfortunate the way Deshaun Jackson's first stint with the Eagles ended with Chip Kelly not even trading him. How do you just cut? a guy as talented as Deshaun Jackson. It was one of many dumb-ass moves by Chip Kelly. And I see people in the chat already talking about it because he also got rid of LaShawn McCoy. Just mm -hmm. a disaster. 
But, hey, I've said this before. But for Chip Kelly destroying that team in, what was it, around 2014, 2015, they probably don't build back the way they did to win Super Bowl 52 in 2017. So that's the only silver lining I take from the Chip Kelly era. They probably don't, but I don't want to give him any credit at all because that absolutely (laughs) destroyed my heart, like pulled it out of my chest and stomped on it. Because like I said, that was my favorite era besides right now, obviously, post-Super Bowl. But at the same time, just watching those guys play together, competing every single week, it was so fun to watch. And then all of a sudden it's like, "Uh, I don't like these guys anymore. We're going to make a complete change. The dude deserves no credit, but yes, I do agree with you. The fact that the Eagles were able to build up to what they are now is something really special. Yeah, it was incredible what Howie Roseman and the Eagles were able to do after he destroyed them. And two years later, they're in the Super Bowl. So that was pretty awesome. But let's talk about this Philadelphia Eagles team because you and I, we do all the Jacob Sports game day shows. We're down there with Farzi and Seth Joyner. And you know, a lot of people, including us, have been frustrated with some of the game planning on offense, some of the play calling on offense. But before you came on today, I was talking about when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles offense, I'm a lot less concerned about the offense than I am about this defense. What are you more concerned about? I would say I'm not as concerned about the defense because I think we know exactly what we're getting with the defense. It's young, especially when you look at the secondary. You talk about, okay, guys are playing a lot of different roles now. That's starting to see the same guys out there. But even like last week, Zach Cunningham gets hurt. You need to put another guy to kind of fill that role. The defense I am not as concerned about only because I feel like it's exactly what I expected. They're really young. Sean Stai is a brand-new defensive coordinator, and I think when you look into that, it's like, okay, well, at this point right now, this is what you expected. They're young. They're trying to groove it out at this moment. I would like a little bit more pressure from the defensive line. I feel like they did a lot of that in the first few weeks, and it's kind of scaled back a little bit. No, the offense, and I said this during the halftime show when we were on, I said, Sean Desai has made adjustments multiple times after the halftime break. We have yet to see, in my opinion, Brian Johnson do that. I think that he did that last week, and that was a hope for me to say, maybe it's just going to take time for Brian Johnson and this team to gel. You're talking about Nick Sirianni having two brand-new coordinators after the coordinators he had helped him get to the Super Bowl. That's not an easy task whatsoever. So I think when you're talking about the offense right now, it's going to gel because of the talent that they have, but it's good to see that Brian Johnson was able to make some adjustments after the halftime break. And as for the defensive side of the ball, I'm not super worried about it because I think that offensively this team can put up a shootout with just about anybody. Now, at the end of the day, does it worry me if the Eagles' last 40 seconds is against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs and they're driving down the field and our defense has to protect? Absolutely. But guess what? They did it in overtime against the Buffalo Bills, so they showed up when they needed to. They have showed up when they needed to. And talking about showing up, Philadelphia Eagles head of security Dom DeSandro picked up Shaq Leonard at the airport. Maybe a good sign that Big Dom is picking him up. You want to see the Eagles sign Shaq Leonard today? I think it will be a fantastic addition. They also said he was interested in the Cowboys, I believe, so – That's something that I don't want to happen. I definitely don't want to go into Dallas and the NFC East, but I think it would be a fantastic pickup, a great addition, and I would definitely like to see it happen. Will it seal the deal today? I don't know about that, but I definitely think that it's something the Eagles need to get done. It's being reported that Zach Cunningham is going to be out at least this week. So, 
going into this game, if they don't sign Shaq Leonard, your linebacker crew is Nicholas Morrow, Christian Ellis, and undrafted free agent rookie Ben Van Sumeren. It's got me a little bit concerned. Very concerned. And, you know, I think Ellis had a decent showing when he came in last week, but at the same time, it's not what I want to see. I don't want Nicholas Morrow basically out there left alone. He's the only guy that's really gotten some starting minutes out of that linebacker core. So not only do I want it to happen and I don't want him going to the Dallas Cowboys, but it's an absolute need, especially when you look at a game and you look at the schedule that the Eagles have, 49ers, Cowboys, so on and so forth. Yeah, I said that yesterday, too. It's kind of a win-win if you're able to get some linebacker depth and prevent him from signing with the Dallas Cowboys. But at the same time, you look at Shaq Leonard, and although he is a three-time All-Pro linebacker, he has not been the same guy over the last couple of years. The injury bugs got him. He's had some back surgeries. I don't think the Indianapolis Colts would have just cut him. Chip Kelly's not in Indianapolis just cutting players because they – he just doesn't like them. So I think if he still had a lot left, the Colts, they got a shot at making the playoffs. So it has me a little bit concerned that they would have just let this guy walk. I think so, too. But at the end of the day, is signing him going to be that rough for Philadelphia? You're going to get help in some way. You're not asking him to play every single snap either. I don't think they're going to utilize him as much as maybe the Colts wanted to utilize him. That being said, at this point, I think it's a huge hole, and you just need help. You just need bodies that know the game of football and that not only are going to play, but also help the younger guys. You're talking about a guy like Ellis that might need to come in. Okay, well, here's a perfect opportunity to be coached by somebody who's done this for such a long time. It's not just about him playing snap after snap after snap. It's what he can bring to that linebacker core, especially with all the injuries. And what if Nicholas Morrow goes down? Then what do you do at that point? Zach Cunningham is down, went down last week. So I think you need a veteran guy in there. I agree with you. And I think it's such a low-risk move. I would definitely sign him. I just hope he's got some left. But look, Howie Roseman's done such a great job of constructing this football team. But the one area that he continuously ignores is this linebacker position. We know they don't value it as much. And then we talked about a big game on Sunday, San Francisco 49ers. They have one of the best, if not the best, linebackers in the league in Fred Warner. I just don't understand why they don't value that linebacker position. It's every year. Every single year, it's always the same issue. And don't get me wrong. I think Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow, considering what we thought they were going to be, have been playing pretty well. But at the same time, I think Howie is so worried about that front. I mean, you see – Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, along with, of course, Jalen Carter, the rookie, those guys he's so worried about, okay, but what happens when it gets past that? What happens when you have guys right behind them who don't really know, you know, whether to cut inside or whether to cut outside or what they need to do because they're younger guys. And then, oh, by the way, behind them is a very inexperienced secondary as well. So, yeah, I think when you look at it, it's crazy to me that they constantly just dismiss that. That's why I think this pickup would be so important because I think that you need – for example, in the secondary, you have Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Not that I like how they're playing, but you have veteran guys and leaders back there that are able to be unselfish and play different roles and help out these younger guys. Maybe this is exactly what the linebacker core needs. I think it's crazy to me that Howie consistently looks over it because it's an important position in the game of football. But at the end of the day, the Eagles got what they got, and I think this could only be an addition. Now, sticking with that defense for a second, are you concerned at all that – the San Francisco 49ers have 10 days rest 
and your Philadelphia Eagles defense just played 95 snaps against the Buffalo Bills. Do you think that's going to carry over into this 49ers game? I'm honestly more worried about the offense in this 49ers game than the defense. I think that, you know, they're coming in. The line is pretty healthy for the most part. I think their rotations are going to be fine. I think they get a lot of pressure on Rock Purdy. Am I a little bit worried about Christian McCaffrey? Maybe, but I honestly don't think that's the biggest issue. I think the defense is going to have to step up, and this all starts with the guy that we've been talking about who's made a lot of adjustments and Sean Desai. This starts with him this week. I need him to game plan like he's never game planned before because you're looking at a defense that's probably one of the top in the NFL plus an offense on the other side that can play, that can do a lot of different things, that has a lot of their key pieces back. So I'm not as worried about the defense, though, if I'm going to be honest. I know it looks a little bit scary, especially if the 49ers defense can stop the Eagles offense. But at the same time, I just don't think that they have the weapons that the Eagles are used to seeing. I mean – Sean Desai had a game plan for Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. Those all ended up being big wins for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? So I think when you look at this game, you say, okay, yeah, they got a lot of guys that we can highlight on the offensive side of the ball, but Sean Desai, I think it's going to be more than prepared to game plan for them. And I don't worry about the rest factor because besides the linebacking core, it looks like most of these guys are ready to go. Yeah, hopefully we get some good news on Fletcher Cox. Unsure if he's going to be ready to roll. But these guys did play a lot of snaps. But you're more concerned with this offense. Let's hope Lane Johnson's able to go. Because how scary is that 49ers defensive line? Can't stand it. When I saw Chase Young on the edge going to the 49ers, I kind of just turned my phone over and was like in grief about the situation. I think that... I said this too. I think they win with Lane Johnson. If they don't have Lane Johnson, I don't know if it's going to be a victorious victory um, because you look at this team right now and you say, okay, last week you really missed Lane Johnson. If Lane plays, he's not probably going to be hundred percent. And that's the other thing. You don't want him to re-injure himself at the same time though. You look at this protection that you need. The Eagles are going to have to get the run game going this week. If they don't, I think San Francisco is going to be able to win. I think this defense is just going to pressure Hurts a lot. And we've seen Jalen a lot this year for whatever reason, not throw the ball away and take the sack instead and lose a lot of yards. That also can't happen this week because that pressure is going to be more than he's faced in previous weeks against the Bills against you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and other teams like that. So I think if you're Jalen Hurts, you need to work on throwing the ball away if you don't have something instead of losing those yards. And at the same time, I mean, this is really going to test Brian Johnson out of everybody because Lane Johnson's one player, but he's a crucial player that you want to be able to have to protect your quarterback and try to make a hole for those running backs as well. So listen, Brian Johnson was able to adjust a little bit. Finally, we saw that run game going. He needs to have the coaching game of his life and not just in the second half next week through all four quarters, because if he doesn't, especially if Lane Johnson is out, it's going to be a loss. So I'm not super confident going into the game. I do like that it's at the link. But at the same time, I'm definitely worried. I think it's the most worried I've been for Philadelphia going into this week against this matchup. As much as I'd love to say that this Niners team isn't good because I hate the 49ers, they are a very good football team. I do think the Philadelphia Eagles are better when all things are considered, but this is a tough spot. It is a tough spot. Not making excuses. We're not going to make excuses like the 49ers have done since last NFC Championship game. How annoyed have you been just that it's been nonstop? It seems to still be going that the 49ers just cannot stop making excuses 
for what happened in that NFC championship. I know a lot of people call them the whiners, and I completely understand that because, and I said it on the postgame show, I can't stand, I do not want the 49ers to come in here and be able to win this ball game just because it's going to be like the Super Bowl to them if they're able to win because they still can't stop talking about on social media, wherever they're at, all of their fans as well, about how the Eagles didn't deserve to win that game. The Eagles deserve to win that game at the end of the day. They were able to go to the Super Bowl and go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think the 49ers would have been able to do the same if they got to that point. So they need to stop crying about it, and I need the Eagles to prove why they need to stop crying about it and win on Sunday because that would just be the perfect icing on the cake. I'm with you, though. This is the one that has me a little bit nervous. I'll give my prediction later this week, but it really is going to come down to are a lot of these guys healthy. Milton Williams is going to be back this week from concussion protocol. That'll be a big addition, but we'll see. Does Fletcher Cox play? Does Lane Johnson play? Does Shaq Leonard get signed, and is he available? You know All these factors that are going to go into it. But you did mention that you're concerned about Christian McCaffrey one of the biggest whiners, quote-unquote, on the 49ers since the last NFC Championship game was Debo Samuel. Are you concerned about what Debo Samuel can do on that offense for the 49ers? No, I'm not at all. Because I think that you look at Darius Slay and you look at even James Bradbury, I think they're going to have him covered completely. Um, you know, I know they have Kittle and everything like that, and that's definitely going to be a tough task. But I'm not worried about Devo Samuel. I think that out of every offensive weapon they have, he's the one I'm least worried about because I think that they're going to be able to cover him very well. I get he's pretty quick. I'm more worried about, you know, the McCaffrey and Kittle duo than I am anything else. Let me ask you one more question about, about Christian McCaffrey because they are giving him a ton of touches this year. I went and looked at the numbers. He's got 193 carries. That puts him on pace for 300 carries this year. He's got another 48 catches, puts him on pace for 75 catches. He's on pace to have 375 touches this season. I get not wanting to play scared, but do you think Kyle Shanahan's being a little reckless with how much they're utilizing Christian McCaffrey? I don't know, because I think that you definitely worry about the injuries, especially throughout a long season. You looked at what happens with the 49ers last year. Of course, Brock Purdy going down. I think they're utilizing their weapons, and I think it's smart, too. They're going to what works, but definitely maybe a little bit. I mean, I can't say that he might not be at the same time. You look at this team right now, and that's definitely a weapon that they want to utilize, but how much can they do that? We even talked about that on the flip side for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, how much do you want to use DeAndre Swift? He was, quote-unquote, injury-prone coming to Philadelphia. You don't want to utilize him too, too much because you don't want to get him to get injured down the stretch. And, you know, looking at the other side, I think it may be a little bit of the same. But for the 49ers, I think especially this week, they're going to use him as a weapon. I think when you look, as soon as he gets past that line, it's going to be trouble for Philadelphia. I'm going to be honest. So I think they would be smart to definitely utilize him. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. I know there's still a lot of unknowns, injuries, who's playing, who's not. Who comes out victorious on Sunday afternoon? You know, I feel like this season I've doubted the Eagles a lot. I've said if they keep playing this way, there's no way they're going to get wins against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. They do exactly that. So, you know what? I'm going to go with a team that continues to win no matter what, no matter what the task. And I'm going to go with a quarterback who is probably in the top of the MVP race right now. Lane Johnson or not, I think this is going to be a really close game. I'm going to go Eagles 24, 49ers 21.
Maybe a Jake a Elliott last second winner too. Who knows? <laughs> Jake the make, clutch as can be. Well, Kayla, I appreciate you joining the show like you do every Wednesday. Guys, if you like Kayla, give us a like, give us a follow, and check out Kayla. Where can they find you, Kayla, on social media? Yeah, I'll be uh, Kayla underscore Santiago one on Twitter, all things Sixers, Eagles, everything Philly sports, and some big five college basketball as well. Um, on TikTok, Kayla Santiago 61, where always posting Eagles and Sixers content, and then Instagram, K Santiago one. Well, I appreciate you, Kayla. I will see you on Sunday at the Ocean Casino to do the Jacob Sports game day shows. Have a good weekend. I'll see you then. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. That is Kayla Santiago joining the show like she does every Wednesday. Guys, we're just going to keep it right here. Xander, my producer, we don't need to take a break. I'm just going to keep it here. We'll roll till the end of the show because there's some more things I want to talk about. But, yeah, big news. Deshaun Jackson going to retire as an Eagle on Friday and then get honored on Sunday. Love Deshaun Jackson. You heard Kayla say her favorite player of all time. But, man. That does just piss me off about what Chip Kelly did to this team. Really. Absolute disaster. And if you remember correctly, Jeffrey Lurie fires him. He then goes to San Francisco for a year, which was a disaster in San Francisco as well. But I asked Kayla if she was concerned about this Eagles defense like I am, and she said she was more concerned about the offense. And I think that that's a lot of fans are more concerned about this offense. But I gave you some of these numbers before we had Kayla join the show talking about points per game, but look, look at some of these other numbers. Last year's offense averaged 389 yards per game. This year, 364. Not much different. 28.1 points per game. Last year, 28.2 points per game. This year. Passing yards last year, 241. This year, 231. Not much different. Running the ball, 147 last year, 133 this year. The final numbers are not that much different. And then you look at what I think is extremely important. Third down and red zone. How is this team converting on third down and red zone? And they have two of the best offenses in the league in those categories. Third down offense is top three in the league, converting 47% of the time on third down. Last year, they converted 46%. This year, top five red zone. And it is not easy to call plays in the red zone. So as much as I get on Brian Johnson and all of us get on Brian Johnson, it's not easy to call plays in the red zone. We've talked about it. You get that 12th defender. That back of the end zone, the field shrinks. It's not an easy thing to do to convert touchdowns every time you get to the red zone. And this team is now 63% in the red zone, top five in the league. They've scored their last 12 times in the red zone. They have the best red zone offense over the last five weeks in the NFL. So I get it. I'm just as frustrated with Brian Johnson at times. But when you take an overall look at the offense, it hasn't been that bad. But then you do the comparison on defense, and they are pretty much worse in every single category with the exception of their running defense, which hasn't looked great in the last two weeks. 
You look at this Philadelphia Eagles rush defense, they still sit at number two in the NFL. They're only giving, excuse me, the Niners are number two in the NFL. Philadelphia Eagles are now number three in the NFL. They were number one two weeks ago, giving up only about 65 yards a game. But the Chiefs and the Bills put up 170 yards a game on average. So now they've dropped to number three in the league. And that's really the only category that this Eagles defense is better this year than they were last year. Last year, they were only giving up 300 yards a game. Now they're giving up 340. They were only giving up 20 points a game. Now they're giving up 22. Two points is a lot in the NFL. 20 points a game last year was top seven. 22 points a game is 20th. Really drops you down in the NFL. You also look at third down and red zone. Last year, they were pretty much middle of the pack. 38% on third down, 52% red zone. This year, 65% in the red zone and 45% like we talked about on third down. And obviously, sack numbers been down a little bit as well. So you just look at all of these numbers. I'm concerned about our defense. I am concerned about our defense. And then a big one, takeaways. Last year, the Eagles were a top five defense, taking the ball away 27 times. So far, through 11 games, they've only taken it away 14, which is 18th in the league. Defense has to get better. Defense has to get better. And I see the real zeal talking about last week saying that the run defense was good. They just ran out of gas late, and Allen picked up a lot of big runs on scrambles. That is true. Last week, Josh Allen ran for 81 yards. And I see Chuck Hutton saying that whole NFL has mediocre play. But this defense has to be better. Listen, we talk about the whole NFL. The defenses haven't been as good. We want to win a Super Bowl this year. And look, I'm the guy who always says, let's enjoy what we're seeing. And I agree. Let's enjoy what we're seeing. They are 10-1. and one. Let's enjoy it. But if we are going to win a Super Bowl this season, the defense has to play better than what they're giving you right now. They have to. You can't give up that many yards. You can't give up that many points. You cannot allow teams to convert that much on third down and in the red zone. So. The hot topic everyone wants to talk about is Brian Johnson and the play calling. This offense is good enough to win you a Super Bowl. The question, in my opinion, is, is this defense good enough? And I think we're really going to find out over the next couple of weeks. You got the 49ers this week, top 10 offense. You got Dallas next week, top 10 offense. We've seen this Eagles defense rise to the occasion. Kayla mentioned it as well. Rise to the occasion against Miami. They did a good job against the Los Angeles Rams, who had a good passing offense at the time. They did well enough against the Dallas Cowboys, although the Cowboys kind of did whatever they wanted to do in the passing game. So I think this is a big test the next couple of weeks to see where does this defense stand, because we're going to need them to get that ultimate goal, which is a Lombardi trophy. But let me know what you guys think in the chat. Are you concerned about this defense? I've heard you all talking about the offense. I see you all talking about Brian Johnson. But do you have concerns like I do about this Philadelphia Eagles defense? 
and I see M. Reyes. He's right. I will give you credit on this one. Is the defense good enough? Let's ask Dallas, Miami, Kansas City, and Buffalo. And they won those football games, and there's no doubt. The defense played really well against Miami. They played really well in the second half against Kansas City. But Dallas and Buffalo, your defense did not win you those football games. That was your offense. That was your offense. So we'll see what happens, guys. And look, I don't want this to be all doom and gloom. You know I'm a big fan of this team. I think they are an extremely good football team. And I do think that they can win this Super Bowl, but the defense is going to have to play a lot better than what they've shown the last few weeks. So, guys, like we end every single day, we'll end it with a little today in sports history. November 29th, 1934. The Chicago Bears beat the Detroit Lions 19-16 in the first ever nationally televised NFL football game. November 29th, 1934 was the first ever nationally televised NFL game. Man, has it come far. You saw, I think Thanksgiving Day was the highest rated Thanksgiving Day for NFL football. So, NFL loves that TV money. It's crazy to think it was 1934 was the first time they had a nationally televised game. But, guys, be sure to check me out on Twitter at Bill Calarulo, on Instagram at Legal Hands to the Face. We'll be posting content all day long. Keep an eye out for Shaq Leonard. Does he get signed? I think he does. I don't think there's a chance they let him walk out the door, not with what they have going on with this Eagles linebacker position right now. And the fact that Nick Sirianni has a history with him, we know Shaq Leonard really likes Nick Sirianni. I think you'll see that come out. That news will probably be reported within the next hour or two that Shaq Leonard is now a Philadelphia Eagle. But hit that like button for me. Hit that share button. We will be back tomorrow, 10 o'clock, right here on the Power Hour. I hope to see all of you guys there. You have a great day. And as always, guys, go Birds. Go for the Pulse and the pools go for the ooze and the oz go for the bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com